Incidences took place in Michigan in the summers of 2009 and 2010. I've dealt with sleep paralysis for years, so much so that my body is now accustomed to the sensations that are a precursor to the terrible experience, and I'm able to wake up fully before it takes hold of me. One thing I've always found to be truly bizarre about it is, is that I've never experienced it in my life until my ex told me about how it used to happen to her when she was younger. That night it happened to me and hasn't stopped, though it's become rarer and rarer. I had two experiences that leave me at a loss because I've never experienced anything like them and I'm not sure if they were just really intense episodes of sleep paralysis or if they were out-of-body experiences or something else I do not know. The first experience I had was in 2009. I was lying in bed watching television and I fell asleep. Suddenly, I felt myself wake up and realize that I hadn't been sleeping long because the show that I had been watching was still on. I could only see half of the television because my blanket was pulled up, partially covering my face and it was making me sweat and making it difficult to breathe. I reached up to pull the blanket down and that's when I learned that something wasn't quite right, because no matter how hard I tried, I wasn't able to pull the blanket from my face because my hand would just pass through it. Terrified, I jumped out of bed and was overcome by the strange, dizzy, and numb feeling in my head and throughout my entire body. I thought that maybe I was having a stroke or something, so I ran to my door to get my parents to take me to the hospital. I reached for the door handle, and just like with the blanket, my hand passed right through it. I tried to grab it several times and got the same result each time. My hand passed through it. I then tried to beat on the door really hard in hopes that the noise would wake someone in the house and that they would come check on me, but again, my hand passed right through the door. I then started to really freak out because I thought that I was dead and I began to hyperventilate and cried out to God. All of a sudden, it felt like there was a zap, and I was back lying in my bed with the blanket over my face, only now I was able to pull it off. I jumped out of bed and ran out of my room, and didn't go back to sleep for the rest of the night. I told my mom about it the next day, but she didn't really believe me and said it was just a nightmare, which, for all I know, it might have been. My second occurrence happened about a year later in the summer of 2010. It was mid-afternoon and I was feeling tired, so I decided to take a nap. I went and laid in bed and was struggling to fall asleep. I finally managed to start to drift off when my cell phone rang. I didn't want to answer it because I was almost asleep, but I reluctantly grabbed it and climbed out of bed. Without looking at the number, I answered and said hello. 
there was no response and so I said hello again. Still, there was no response. Irritated, I walked out of my room and down the hall toward the family room and said hello one more time out of frustration. Finally, a voice replied, but it was all static and breaking up. I said, I can't hear you, you're breaking up. Then the voice became clear and it said, Hello, I need you to do me a favor. I laughed, thinking it was some sort of prank call because I didn't recognize the voice and I decided to play along. I asked what the favor was and then the voice completely changed from pleasant to this deep demonic growl and screamed, Let me in. I freaked out and threw my phone across the room. It hit the wall and shattered into pieces. My entire house began to shake like there was a massive earthquake and my vision got really weird. I just closed my eyes and said, God, please help me. I opened my eyes and was back in my bed and my phone was sitting beside me in one piece and functional. I picked it up and quickly scanned through my call history, but there were no strange calls made. I also saw that only a few minutes had passed since I first started to fall asleep. I know this is long, but I wanted to share it in hopes that maybe someone out there has an explanation as to what these two events were, if they were just some really intense form of sleep paralysis or something else. I always have intense, vivid dreams, but these were beyond that. They both felt so unbelievably real and they didn't seem like I was sleeping at all, though I apparently was. They still kind of freak me out when I think of them and would like some insight into them. I think I've been seeing shadow people for a very long time. I remember my old apartment on Elliott Avenue in Yonkers, New York. I would often see shadows scurrying in my room and other rooms from the corner of my eye. I would often feel like I was being watched and I always felt it stronger in my own room. However, my first actual contact with these shadows did not happen until we moved to our current location. It was 1998 and I was 16 at the time. That cold December Sunday started as it did every year. We were celebrating the Virgin Mary at our church and my family was busy getting everything needed packed into the car for the ride to church. As it is every year, the celebration was very tiring and everyone was exhausted when we returned home at 6pm. I remember telling my parents, after helping unpack the car, that I was going to go to sleep. It had to be no later than 7.30pm. I fell asleep fairly quickly and began having a chasing nightmare. As it is with these nightmares, right before I was caught, I woke up. As I was soothing myself so that I could go back to sleep, I noticed a shadow of a man standing near my closet door at the head of my bed on the right. The shadow was distinctly darker and could easily be seen. Bright red eyes could clearly be seen coming from it. I was startled and frightened as a sense of evil could clearly be felt. As I was looking at him straight on, he walked toward me until he was standing next to me looking down at me. Seconds later, the shadow raised his hand and plunged it into my chest. He began to pull out a bright silver cord or rope from my chest 
and I could feel myself almost floating up as he did this. I remember thinking, oh my god, he's trying to take my soul. Immediately, I grabbed the cord as well and began to have a tug of war with the thing. For a while he was winning and I was very scared. I suddenly remembered that the Hail Mary is supposed to defeat demons and evil and began to recite it in my head like I had no tomorrow. Within a few seconds of me starting, the shadows stopped and looked down at me with a palpable hatred. I heard it say that I had won this time, but the next time. The shadow did not physically speak, but I heard his voice in my head. After saying this, he opened his hand and the cord zipped into my body like a rubber band that had been stretched. It slammed into me so hard I jumped from my bed. However, the shadow thing was still there, looking down at me. And then I woke up. I did not understand what had happened, and I can't fully explain the experience. I was awake when that attack happened, but I still felt like I had woken up. However, the thing had gone. Needless to say, I was quite scared. At the time, I kept trying to soothe myself, telling myself it was all a dream, and after a few minutes, I fell asleep again. I had a restless night until something extraordinary happened. That night, as I was trying to go to sleep and thinking of my experience, I felt the side of my bed go down like someone sat down. I didn't open my eyes, but prayed and eventually did fall asleep. Since then, I have been plagued by things trying to open my door and always around the same day. My Decembers are not pleasant. In 2007, I was visiting my cousin in Nicaragua, and we were talking about all the paranormal things that have happened to both of us. She described an attack that happened to her by a shadow person in December of 1998 as well. She had been sleeping with my two other cousins, her sister next to her. This thing with glowing red eyes began to strangle her. My other cousins tried to fight the thing off, and finally all three managed to do so. When they turned on the light, my cousin had handprints around her neck, verifying her experience. After we compared the approximate time of our experiences, we noted that they both happened approximately at the same time. I'm 18 years old and I live in Killeen, Texas. I've lived in this area for 16 years of my life and all of my experiences have happened here. It started when I was very young, young enough that I had to swim in the kiddie pool at a public pool. Otherwise, I would need a swimming vest to be in the deep end. My mother took my sister and me to the public pool in Harker Heights. She was with my younger sister, Rachel is younger by a year, in the deep end and I was supposed to stay in the kiddie pool until it was my turn to swim with the help of my mother in the deep end. I was tired of waiting and ready to jump in, so you know what? I was going to do a cannonball. I took a running start and jumped, but I jumped too soon and not far enough. The back of my head slammed into the concrete wall of the pool. I passed out and started to drown. I just remember falling asleep and I woke up with a lifeguard over me. He had performed CPR and revived me. 
I was carted off to the emergency room in an ambulance only to be told that I was perfectly fine. A year or two later, I began having violent dreams. I told my mom about them and she and her friends said they might be prophetic. These dreams continued and I started seeing things while I was awake. Once I was talking to my mother and I started to cry because I saw a kind of film or veil-like mist go over her face and it was the face of a man snarling at me. After this, when I was nine years old, I was diagnosed with clinical depression and anger. Things have increased more and more as I got older. Lately, they have turned into physical attacks but what I believe to be a demon. Later this year, I woke up when it felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like something had me pinned down. I couldn't scream or cry for help. I could just barely see this black mass that sat over me. It was really sitting on my chest. I'm usually a woman that can hold her own and defend herself, but when something dark and demonic takes away your ability to fight back, it's probably one of the worst feelings ever. I hate feeling helpless. Then, as the cold air kept strangling me, I actually woke up. I believe it was a false awakening with a demonic attack. I tried doing my own research and a few weeks later my friend texted me saying that she couldn't get back to sleep after the experience she just had. She told me that she was awakened when she heard something step in between her bed and the fan that was next to the bed. She said that she was almost paralyzed by fear but started reciting scripture and when she did, this darkness spoke to her and said that God wouldn't help her because she was a sinner, because she was damned. She said she couldn't sleep again until about 6 a.m. After this, I opened up to her about what I had experienced. We agreed that we might have been targeted by something dark or demonic. After that, I met this guy named Seth who seemed really nice and sweet. He and I spoke over Facebook a little and then started texting. Something about him caused me to pull away. Several times he told me that he desperately wanted a child. Once he even said, financially and realistically, I'm not ready for a baby, but emotionally, I need one. I'm sorry, what? What man has ever said I need a child? He hadn't even taken me on a date and he's telling me what he expects of me. I started to get this feeling that I should cut off interaction with him. This was further validated when my sister said she heard a bang at our back door. I didn't see anything but I locked all doors and went to bed. That same night, I had a nightmare that I was in our kitchen and I heard a loud bang. I looked over and saw Seth's face in the window near the back door. He was glaring at me and he burst in with a knife. That's when I woke up, shaking, and immediately blocked his cell phone number and his Facebook page. A few days after this, I got a call from an unrecognized number. I answered it only to hear the angry voice of Seth. What happened? I can't find your page. Did you get my text? I hung up without saying anything and blocked the number. I haven't been harassed by him since. I believe my nightmare was a premonition of the possible future relationship spiraling into his control over me if I didn't break it off. So I did.
I've had experiences with paranormal activity my whole life. It runs in my family after all. I don't refer to myself as psychic, but someone who is very sensitive or in tune with it. They usually talk to me in dreams, and that's when I see what they look like most of the time. But when I'm awake and they want to talk, well, let's just say that is when things get interesting. The first major experience that happened to me was one summer when I was going into the seventh grade. My older sister and I shared a room and she was going to start her first year of high school. Sadly, before the school year ended of her eighth grade year, her friend got into a car crash that instantly killed him. Others were in the car with him as well, but were only injured. My sister wasn't the same after that and neither was our room that we shared. It felt like the air was thicker at times or the energy was off. As time went on, my sister was getting out of her depression from the loss of her friend and the room was becoming suffocating. I asked her if she felt or saw anything since then and she said it was her best friend. He said he came back to protect her from something, her own depression maybe. That is when I started seeing the man in my room. He stood just a few inches shorter than the ceiling, and he was nothing but a black, smoky mass. It terrified me to the point where I couldn't sleep in my room for two years, and yes, he was still there until I left that place. Every time I tried to sleep in there I would see him. It was like he was staring at me, as if he wouldn't let me get near my sister. My last night I tried to sleep in my room I had a dream of a ghost a man that wanted to say something to me. He reached out to me, and I woke up in my bed being pressed down hard as if to shake me awake. He slapped my hand down, hoping to find either my mother's or my sister's hand. There was nothing but the indentation of a giant hand on my bed that was slowly disappearing, as if someone was taking their hand from the bed. I called out to my mom and my sister, my mother rushed in and turned on the lights and my sister slowly woke up. I frantically told my mother what had happened and she calmed me down and took me into her room for me to sleep for the rest of the night. I grew up in a city just north of Birmingham, Alabama called Gardendale. I had a very unremarkable childhood, a very typical upbringing for the 1970s. When I was around nine years old in 1979, we lived in a small house on a very quiet road. My sister, who was one year older, and I shared a room at the time. Like I said, it was a small house. I slept in a bed next to the door of the bedroom, and my sister's bed was across the room. One night I awoke suddenly from a deep sleep. It was one of those times when you wake up and you're immediately wide awake. When I awoke, my eyes focused immediately on a small figure standing to the right of my bed. I remember not being scared for some reason, and the figure just stood there. It was white and glowed, although it wasn't very bright. I could tell it was a female by the long hair, and she appeared fairly young. Naturally, I automatically assumed it was my sister, and that she had gotten up for something and was possibly trying to scare me so I remember looking across the room toward my sister's bed. The low glow from the figure allowed me to see my sister lying in her bed, sound asleep. 
I then turned back toward the figure, and we just stared at each other. The figure never moved or said a word. I didn't speak either. I just stared. After what seemed like forever, but what I believe must have only been several minutes, I turned back towards my sister and began calling her name. Again, the figure never moved. I was finally able to wake my sister. I told her in so many words that we need to head to our parents' bed. The next thing I remember was my sister and I jumping into the bed with my parents. My sister fell right back to sleep, but I kept watching the bedroom door for the rest of the night. The next morning I wasted no time explaining what had happened to my parents. My sister actually admitted to seeing it too. After that night, I never saw the figure again, ever. Years later, while talking about the incident with my mother, she told me that I don't know what you saw, but I know you saw it. I could tell in your eyes you were telling the truth. Also, she made the point that a boy my age would almost certainly have exaggerated the details of the story. However, I didn't. I stated over and over that the figure did nothing but stand there, staring at me, never moved. Looking back now, I truly believe it was one of my guardian angels. The fact that I felt no fear whatsoever is proof enough for me that it was not evil. And trust me, at nine years old I would have normally been scared speechless. Like I said, I never saw her again, but I believe she was just letting me know she was there. We still own the house and currently rent it out. No former or present tenants have ever mentioned seeing anything out of the ordinary. I assume if it was anything other than my guardian angel, other people would have seen it by now since it's been 31 years ago. Anyway, it's something I think about a lot, and it always makes me feel at peace. I have lived in Michigan for most of my adult life, but was born and raised in Middlesbrough, Kentucky, and before my parents passed away, I of course visited them often. One summer day while we were all gathered around my mother's table, enjoying her wonderful cooking, my father told me of a chilling experience he had. You need to know that my father was a devout Christian, a Baptist deacon, and would never admit to believing in ghosts or other paranormal phenomena. His firm belief in no such thing as a ghost was based on his insistent faith that once a person dies, his or her soul immediately goes to heaven or hell. His belief in demonic influence was no more than personal evil in people that commit murders, rapes, etc. His belief in strange creatures was totally non-existent, so a story of a little demonic creature must hold some validity. The house I grew up in had what we always referred to as the underfloor. It had no cement walls or floors, just hard-packed dirt. One day while he was down there cleaning out trash that had gathered, he noticed a huge rock over by one wall. He was not aware of how it came to be there, but decided to move it aside. He pushed on the rock, which proved to be heavier than he realized, so he was only able to roll it over. Beneath the rock, he saw a smoothly rounded hole in the floor. Getting down on his knees, he shone his flashlight into the hole which turned out to be an opening to a little tunnel. 
His flashlight lit up the tunnel all the way back to where it had made a turn. Puzzled, he stayed in that position looking into the tunnel. Suddenly, he heard something running back beyond that turn and knew that whatever it was, it was heading for the entry hall. He jumped to his feet and stared as the running feet became louder. Something was nearing the opening. Then, quick as a flash, a little red being emerged from the hole. It stood on hind legs, had a long tail, pointed ears, and its hand-like forepaws were doubled up in fists. It glared at my father and stomped its feet in rage. It hissed and spat at him, then turned and ran back into the tunnel. Dad referred to it as a little red devil. Knowing I was going to be sleeping in that house tonight, and not relishing the thought of a possible night visit by this creature, I asked Dad if he had put the rock back over that hole. His response was, Are you kidding me? I poured cement into that hole. This happened in Hollywood, California in 2004 or 5. I was about 6 or 7 and a scared of my own shadow type of boy. I had been raised in a Christian family and have always had a personal experience with God. I know that God is real, which also means that Satan is real, meaning that demons have to be real. I would always sleep in my room at my grandma's house along with my grandpa. We slept on opposite sides of the room with a chair and lamp between us. One night, after having said my prayers, I went to sleep. I woke up in the middle of the night because the lamp was on. I looked up and saw what at first I thought to be my grandpa sitting in the chair. Boy, was I wrong. This person was holding a book that was covering his face. He was dressed all in black and his hands were a waxing shade of gray. I thought it odd for my grandpa to be up reading at such a late hour. So I said, Grandpa, why are you reading so late? I got no answer. The book slowly lowered and I will never forget what he looked like. His eye sockets were sunken in at least three inches. His eyes were completely black as was his mouth. As I recall, he had veins from his lower lips to his neck and they were black as well. Instantly I was paralyzed with fear. I didn't know what to do. He opened his mouth and spoke, but it wasn't English. It sounded to me to be Middle Eastern of some sort. I cried softly, gathered up the courage to jump down and jump into my grandpa's bed. I then said softly, Jesus, Jesus. And then when I looked up, there was nothing there. I don't know what it was, but I know it was real. This story is of my mother when she was younger, in early teens. It was back in late 1960s or early 1970s when my mother's family, my grandfather, grandmother, two uncles, my mother and aunt, moved from Karachi to Islamabad, after Islamabad became the capital city of Pakistan. As my grandfather was a government employee, he was given a government accommodation which was a three-room, one-bath, and one-kitchen quarter with a backyard and front yard. There were similar government quarters standing next to each other, 
all occupied by the government employees recently posted in Islamabad. Those quarters were built after clearing the woods. The places in Islamabad where the quarters or houses were not yet built were still covered with woods at the time. It was kind of spooky in Islamabad at the time because as soon as the sun went down, no lights could be seen and people used to stay indoors due to spooky darkness outside. When they settled in the house, they started experiencing unexplainable things like sleep paralysis, lights going on and off on their own, weird noises, etc. As my mother and her siblings were scared, they started sleeping in one room. However, this could not stop the things from happening. As my mother told me, they all used to fall asleep as soon as the clock struck 12 midnight, no matter how hard they tried to stay awake. This kept going on for a while, until they kind of got used to it. However, one evening the siblings were discussing the things that were happening, and especially talking about the entity that used to come over them and pin them in beds during sleep paralysis. My mother got emotional and bragged that if this thing came again, she was going to hit its head with a shoe. That night they all went to sleep, all in one room, when sometime during the night my mother sat up in her bed with her eyes closed and started saying out loudly, hit the head with the shoe, hit the head with the shoe. Only her voice was a male voice. When she kept repeating this over and over again, my eldest uncle got out of bed, grabbed his shoe and hit her head. Poof, she went back to sleep. So, the demon took his revenge. I reside in an apartment building that, from what I was told, used to be an insane asylum long ago. I've been living here for the past nine years, and have had some very paranormal experiences here over the period of that time. Here are just a few. One night there was a bad storm, resulting in a complete power outage. So there I am in pitch darkness in the entire vicinity, not just in the building. I lit two candles encased in glass containers with paintings of Christ on each. One candle was green and the other was red. I think the colors may have been of some significance in witchcraft, but the pictures of Jesus on them is all that mattered to me. The candles illuminated my whole area. They were each placed in large open windows. I put them out before I fell asleep. At approximately 2 a.m., I was awakened by a horrifying demonic presence at the foot of my bed, but it wasn't visible. The best way I can describe its sound is like that of a cow being slaughtered combined with a full-grown roaring lion and grizzly bear. It was absolutely terrifying from the way it sounded. I dreaded to see its appearance. While it roared at me, my chest suddenly started hurting and my body was completely paralyzed, nor could I speak. This lasted about 20 seconds, then it was gone and everything was back to normal. Then I got up, blessed the place with palm leaves and olive oil in Jesus' mighty name and disposed of the candles. Everything was peaceful afterward, until recently. One night out of my bathroom, the door was open and is right next to my bedroom, came the devil himself, making a most awful noise. This time I saw a dark figure, 
but couldn't make it out because this seemed to be taking place in the spiritual realm. I couldn't physically move, but I could spiritually. So in the spirit I quickly made the sign of the cross, and the evil entity suddenly vanished. One night in the spirit, even though the shade was down and I was three stories up from ground level, I saw a pair of red eyes peering at me through the window while I was laying in bed. Then I saw a little black imp running upside the wall of the apartment building, attempting to come in through the window. Suddenly a huge angel appeared with a very large pointed sword and shooed the imp away. My encounter happened May 2007 in Simi Valley, California. As a kid I had some paranormal experiences but nothing like what I encountered in those caves I went to. I mean, it literally changed my life. I was 19 at the time. My friends Ryan, Orion, Zach, CJ, and I had heard about the Manson Caves, and one of our friends knew where to go. So we decided to go one day. It was all kinds of sketchy. We had to sneak through someone's backyard to make it up into the hills. As teens, we really didn't care. We just ran through as fast as we could, got through a bunch of bushes, and there we were, in the hills. Our buddy didn't actually know where to go like he said he did, he just knew the caves were up there somewhere, and there was a lot of area to cover. We eventually stumbled on a small hole in the rocks that looked like it led to nowhere, with the words Hell Hole painted and carved all around it. So everyone wanted me to go in first saying things like, it's not that deep and I can see the bottom. They almost got me killed, because if I had dropped in, I would have died. We dropped a small burning branch in there, and it just kept going and going. We wondered how to get in, so we came back the next day with flashlights. On our way to Hellhole, we found another cave with all sorts of graffiti around it, so we went in. It seemed kind of small at first, just a rope that took us down, then a big room with a little entrance to a den. We went down to the den and hung out for a bit when we realized in between two rocks we could see another cave. It looked huge. That's when everything started getting weird. Our buddy Zach freaked out that a guy was staring down the crack at us all of a sudden. We all looked but saw nothing, but right when that happened, a very thick fog rolled into the cave we were in. It got so thick so fast we couldn't see a damn thing even with flashlights. That's when we heard growling and loud footsteps. We bolted out so fast it was insane. As we stood outside catching our breath and wondering what the hell that was, we heard something in the brush. It was huge and coming right for us and we were freaking out. Then out popped a group of other kids. They were something like 13. Totally random. They were going up to Hellhole and knew there was another entrance other than a hole in the ground, and they had walkie-talkies. It seemed legit, so we went with them. Let me tell you, these caves were not legit. They were damned evil. First we had to army crawl for about 10 minutes through some little hole, and it took us to a big room. The room with the hole in the top I almost dropped down, and below us was a hundred foot drop, 
Seriously, it was huge. There was a rope so we could swing across. We got across and started to carry on when we started hearing whispering. We all stopped and listened. The whispering turned to laughter. It seemed far away, but being stupid kids and teens, we decided to carry on. A few minutes later, I asked my buddy Orion where Ryan and Zach went. We realized that we and one of those random kids were the only three together. Everyone else was either in front or behind us. We didn't even notice they were gone. The kid used his walkie-talkie, but it was all static. We didn't really know what to do. We were just kind of lost in this cave alone at this point. Then we saw it. A crazy-looking old man, but nothing in his eyes. I mean nothing. He had none. He was pale as all hell, and he was laughing mindlessly. We had no idea what to do, and the one kid booked it, so Orion and I did the same. We didn't know where to go, so we tried retracing our steps back to the entrance. We got to a very hard part to go back through. There were these slides, basically two rocks with tiny crevices between them that acted like a slide. We started climbing back and I felt something grab my leg. I freaked out and Orion shined the light on it. It was as if the old man we saw was there for a split second and vanished. Literally, that was what all three of us saw. We kept going and all of a sudden, it was as if I had snakes slithering all over me and I started screaming, but so did Orion and the other kid. Then the feeling was gone and they had felt it too. We left and Orion's grandma had left him a voicemail. She's a psychic medium so she said she felt something dark happen to him and wanted to make sure he was okay. She told us we had to come see her immediately, so we did. Right when he walked in, she said, You seem okay. But when I walked in, she said, Honey, what the hell did you just bring into my house? I had a demon attached to me, she said. I had to be cleansed. She had me lie down and had my friends form a circle around me and hold hands. What happened next I didn't expect in the slightest. She started saying a spell or something, but whatever it was, she pissed this thing off. I thought the room was shaking until I realized it was me and I nearly blacked out. I started feeling as if I was being strangled and then finally was able to breathe again. And I watched a huge shadow-like thing, I don't really know how to describe it, above me and vanish through the wall. She explained to me later that I had a demon latched onto me, as if it was waiting for the right time to possess someone. She said something about me having a white aura and making me vulnerable to its presence, but also making me able to resist things like possession. I will never forget that day, ever. Sorry for rambling so much about the cave part, but I feel what led up to those events is important. I have since dealt with one other demon that was very malicious, but I will have to tell that another time in another post. Please, if you have info about demonic possession or demons, please comment and let me know. These creatures from another dimension fascinate me ever since this happened.
Back in 2011, my little brother, 12 to 13 at the time, started getting sick on Sunday mornings before church. We thought he was just being manipulative in order to sleep in, stay home and play video games. Then he began to vomit violently every Sunday morning, consistently. Things escalated and he began to get sick during the week as well, vomiting and missing many days of school. My mother and stepdad took him to see many doctors, ordered CT scans and MRIs, and traveled out of state to see specialists, none of whom could diagnose him. Eventually he basically became bedridden and had to withdraw from 7th grade due to excessive absences. In the beginning he acted like his usual self, a somewhat surely but occasionally communicative teenager, and contented himself with playing Minecraft for most of the day. He didn't eat much, but he's always been very thin and eating was never a priority. As time passed, he lost a lot of weight and became extremely gaunt with a grayish complexion. Looking back at pictures from that time, he looked terrible. His personality underwent a change as well, and he evolved from angsty teenager into bitter, spiteful, and hateful. He no longer tolerated my presence in his room and would hardly speak to me. I'm an 18-year-old female at the time. My parents were consistently taking him to the doctors, and he was receiving medical attention all throughout this time, so please don't think he was being neglected. He was diagnosed with kidney stones, which were pulverized and eventually passed, but that just didn't account for all of his health issues. We looked into cyclic vomiting syndrome, but that didn't explain everything either. Church and everything to do with religion or spirituality was out of the question for him. At one point, my parents were watching the 700 Club downstairs. Not an unusual occurrence, but it was an interesting episode about the dangers of dabbling in the occult. There were more cheerful segments too, about people who had died and claimed to have seen heaven and Jesus. My mom wanted my brother to see the episode, so she tried to call him down from upstairs. I believe he came halfway down the stairs, but he wouldn't come any further. They went back and forth for a while. He was extremely temperamental during this time and would pitch fits about anything he didn't want to do. In response to my mom telling him to go to the living room and watch the show, he screeched like a banshee. It was a horrible sound. Finally, somehow, he resigned himself and joined me in the recliner. At some point during the show, Mom looked over at him. She told me this later. He looked back at her with black clouds where his eyes should have been. She stared back until the clouds dissipated. Then he smiled at her and was himself again. At this point, obviously, my mom was convinced this was demonic oppression rather than a medical illness. She read lots of books about demonic oppression and how to combat it. We got rid of any questionable possessions, including supernatural movies and Native American artifacts, for fear that they had some kind of link to the demonic and were attracting negative energy. We heard about these two women with a prophetic spiritual gift who were coming from South Africa to speak at a nearby church. It took so much determination, but somehow my mom and I managed to get my brother in the car with us and we made the drive to this church. The two women began speaking over members of the congregation, laying hands on them, singing to them, and then describing the image that God put into their brain and explaining what it meant. The church members began queuing up in order to be prophesied over. I remember being nervous to the point of nausea because I feared the woman could somehow read my mind and knew every bad thing I'd ever done. We waited for hours and hours until the women reached us. We went to the pulpit and began crying because the emotions were so strong. The women put their hands on us and said to my brother, The devil is trying to steal your life. 
They read Bible verses to us that I can't remember, and they gave my mother a small vial of anointed oil. They blessed us, and we left the church feeling so light and overjoyed. We ate lunch together and got home, still in the high of it all. That night, my mother had a friend over to discuss everything that had happened. They were talking in her room about the prophets, my brother's health, and so on. Eventually, the woman left, and my mother was in her room alone. She went to bed, and before she fell asleep, she saw a reptilian demon-like entity standing beside her bed, mocking her. She described this to me the next day. She said it looked like it was laughing maliciously. She made a mental note to cleanse the house with the holy oil the next day and somehow, I don't know how, simply rolled over and went to sleep with the thing still there. The next day we all went through the house together, blessing each room and anointing each doorway with the oil. Honestly, everything is a blur after this, but my brother remained ill for a few weeks after. One day we basically dragged him to church with him shrieking all the way. When we walked through the doors, he doubled over with stomach pain. He remained doubled over throughout the sermon, and we couldn't help but start sobbing because we felt so helpless about it all. The pastor asked the congregation to surround us and lay their hands on us and pray. It wasn't immediate, but in the following weeks he began to get better. He even attended a church camp and was baptized at the end of it, which we all attended. I know it's out there, but I firmly believe it was the combination of the prophets, the laying on of hands, anointing the house and my brother's eventual salvation and baptism that lifted his sickness. I no longer live with my family, but they have only had one other paranormal occurrence since I moved out. My mom and brother were leaving to the grocery store or church or something, and both of them saw a shadowy figure seemingly pass through the kitchen wall out of the corner of their eye. They both assumed it was my stepfather and neither said anything. It wasn't until they had been driving for a while and they asked each other, did you see that, and realized my stepfather wasn't home at all. To preface this, my husband and I love dorky YouTube videos such as Charlie the Unicorn, Llamas with Hats, and ASDF. We have been using some of the jokes from these in our relationship for years. The one used the most is from Charlie the Unicorn number 2, when the two unicorns that are terrorizing Charlie make their silly blub 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 tongue noises back and forth. We do this randomly, but 99% of the time it's in our own home. So I arrived home at about 9pm. I stepped out of the car and heard someone go blub 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 loudly behind me. My husband goes to work at 9.30pm, so this is around the time he waits for his ride outside. I turned around assuming I just hadn't seen him, but there was no one there. I stepped at the end of the driveway and looked down the street and there was absolutely no one around. I was a little weirded out, but brushed it off and went inside the house. My husband was still home, so I asked him, have you heard anything weird? He said no, and I just let it go. He left to wait outside and about five minutes later he texts me, that was you, right? Immediately I say no, but I heard it too. I asked him if he was still here and he said no, but now the blub blub sound was loud enough to be heard from inside the house. I walked to the window to look outside and just before pulling back the curtain, it happened again, right outside the window, loud enough to make me jump back. At this point, I'm officially freaked out. I called my mom because by now my husband had started work and I have no one else I can speak to this late. 
I double-checked all my doors and windows and made sure my alarm was set. It continued sporadically every two to five minutes for almost an hour. My mom had the police on speed dial just in case. I built up the courage to look outside a few times and no one was ever there. We just had fresh snowfall this afternoon. Other than mine and my husband's footsteps, there's no sign of anyone else having been in my yard. The most terrifying thing about all of this is that the blub 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 has been an inside joke shared personally between me and my husband for years. Only my close friends and family know this or have heard us do this. They all know that I have an anxiety disorder and would never do anything to exacerbate my condition or cause a panic attack. Is something listening to us, I wonder? It's been stopped for about an hour without a reoccurrence. If it starts again, I don't know if I just deal with it or call the cops who will probably think I'm insane. I'm honestly looking for advice. What do you think this could have been? I'm just hoping that whatever it was had moved on. This is less of a spooky paranormal story and more of a comforting account that our loved ones may not be completely gone when they die. It focuses around my granddad, my mother's father, who died 22 years ago. He and my mother had a very close relationship and she always talks about him and how he was such a gentle person whom everybody loved. I was only two years old when he died, but I have always felt very close to him and my mom's family says this is because we are so similar in our behavior and our looks. About 18 months ago, I finished university and was looking for a job. I had to move back to my parents' place and I was working in a retail job and was in pretty low spirits because I had applied to so many places for six months and heard nothing. One night, I had a really vivid dream that I was lying in my bed and my granddad came into my room. I looked up at him and he just said, Don't worry, within two weeks you will have found something. I remember waking up and feeling really calm and relaxed, something I hadn't felt for a while due to the stress of job hunting. Two weeks to this day of that dream, I got my first and only job offer. I was telling my brother about this story and he is a very logical, quite narrow-minded kind of thinker and I was surprised at how he reacted. He told me that seven years previously, he had a serious back operation and was lying in bed for three weeks recovering as he couldn't move due to the pain. During that time, he had a dream similar to mine where our granddad came into the room and spoke to him. Upon waking up, my brother said he was relieved of all pain and was able to stand up and walk about as normal. He said this lasted for about 15 minutes and slowly the pain started to come back, so he laid back in bed and was bound to the bed for another week or so. In addition to this, every Christmas for the past 15 years or so, when my grandma takes her Christmas decorations out of the loft, a red admiral butterfly flies out of the box. This happens each year in the middle of winter in England. What is even stranger is that the butterfly will appear in my parents' house too and will sit on the photograph of my mom and granddad. Several years ago, my brother was going through a divorce and it was a hard time for the family. He was visiting with kids and the butterfly appeared again. This was November time and was flying around all of us. My mom loves seeing the butterfly and gets really emotional when it appears. It's always alone and has the same markings. One time, my mother put on her father's favorite album, some Nat King Cole record, and the butterfly appeared once again and was flying around like crazy in the living room. 
Over the last 15 years or so, we have seen the butterfly around 20 times or so. Sometimes it appears regularly for a short while, and other times we don't see it for a year or two. Last November, my husband and I suffered the loss of our son, Noah, by way of miscarriage. Well, the night I actually miscarried, I also hemorrhaged and almost died. As I lay there bleeding out in our bathroom, I could feel this overwhelming sense of sorrow and heaviness, but the weirdest part was that I could smell my mom, and I just knew she was there. I don't know any other way to describe it other than I know she was with me. Even my husband, who was not a believer by any means, said it felt like she was there with us. She's been gone for almost four years now, but she always comes when I need her most, just like she said she would when she passed. I'm an 18-year-old male. Recently, I began interning at a local metal foundry in the engineering department as my future goal is to be an engineer. This internship has done nothing but put some money in my pocket and completely deter me away from any engineering field. However, the extra $20 a day isn't bad for a high school kid. It is nothing but boring and I have spoken to my internship director about this, but for only two hours a day to get paid to be bored has motivated me to stick with it. More backstory until I get to the real point here. My job is to look for parts and write their serial numbers down on a paper. For two hours a day, I have been doing this for months every day. I work in a tool crib with several rooms all filled with shelves full of small or large parts of machines in the foundry. In my town, around a hundred years ago, there was a circus, and the company that I work for bought the old circus building in the 70s. The old room that is still in its original state is what we call the loft. To be exact, it was the room that the circus kept the lions in. Rochester Metal Products, the business I work for, no longer has lions, believe it or not, so we keep parts in there instead, not as cool. So the spooky stuff at my internship. I never believed in ghosts because I had never experienced anything paranormal before. However, two times now while I have been working, I have seen a strange woman dressed in strange clothes sitting in the single chair we have in the tool crib drinking a glass bottle of coke. Never has she said anything to me nor me to her. Once I said something to my supervisor about who she was and he had no idea what I was talking about. It didn't bother me much though as RMP has around 400 employees and it could have been anyone. Anyone who works in a factory will know that not every employee is full of class, possibly a little off upstairs. However, this isn't the worst thing that has happened to me. Once when I was in the loft looking for a part, the light suddenly shut off. They quickly turned back on and I thought nothing of it, until I began to smell a very odd smell. Being in a small town, I have been in many barns. It smelled like an old barn filled with animal stench and feces. The lights turned off and the door I could hear slowly shut. With no windows, the room was totally pitch black. My heart pounding, I was hoping that this was only a mean prank by a supervisor. It wasn't until I heard a low growling that I became panicked. It was faint and eerie, and the room became cold. I was frozen in fear. I heard whips and chains very loud all of a sudden, and I was shivering due to both fear and how utterly cold it became. 
The door was opened and the lights came on. I was faced with my supervisor asking me what I was doing up there with all the lights on and how I became so sweaty. I have decided that $20 a day is not worth it and have flunked out of my internship. No one knows why. As far as anyone knows, it was boring and the engineering field is not for me. This story took place when I was 15 or 16. I had snuck out to smoke and chill with a boy I liked at the time. We'll call him James. James and I were at this local elementary school where kids our age would go late at night to hang out on the playground and smoke and kiss or whatever. It was around 2 or 3 a.m. I live in Oklahoma and unfortunately there isn't a lot to do here even though I live in the capital city. Now this elementary school, call it Westlake Elementary School, as a big field separating the playground area from a huge dense forest. So we're sitting on the jungle gym and James tells me he found an app that has really creepy voice ringtones. He starts showing me a few when he gets to this really scary one that I can still hear perfectly to this day. It's a ghostly voice that sounds like it's coming from all around you whispering, I see you. Slowly and menacingly, Think Deathly Hollows Part 2 when Voldemort gets inside everyone's head at Hogwarts to tell them to bring Harry to him, or die. It really freaked me out seeing as how it was late and dark. As I'm telling him to turn it off, something makes me look up towards the big field in the forest. Crossing the big field in all fours with unnaturally long arms and legs was what I can only describe as a humanoid shape walking with the exact same grace and slinking movements of a lion or other big cat, only it had a human-shaped head and clearly human arms and legs and freaky hands. It was probably 30 feet away from us, but I know what I saw. That's not even the craziest part, though. The craziest part is that this thing was like invisible or camouflage or something. Please stay with me here. This is 100% honest, real account of something that terrifies and perplexes me to this day. The only reason we could see this thing walking or whatever it was was because the light and fences would move around it as it passed by. I wish I could explain it better, but that's all I can think to say. James saw it too, and we were both so terrified we could barely speak. We sat in dead, petrified silence as it crossed the field and disappeared into the forest. I don't know if it didn't see us or didn't care, but nothing ever happened. The only time I had ever been that scared and really felt I was about to die was when my friend and I had a gun pulled on us, the kind of petrified what is going to happen next fear. I've looked into local legends and haven't found anything. I know that sounds crazy, but has anyone else seen anything similar to this? Luckily I had James with me to witness this or I would seriously question if I saw it at all. We both saw it though, and we were both horrified. So a little bit of backstory, my dad is very prominent in the medical community where I live. Some of the highest ranking doctors and surgeons go to him for classes. He's the first person people refer other people to when they need medical classes. This includes CPR, BLS, ACLS, PALS, and other first aid classes. He's constantly teaching and he really enjoys it. 
He used to be a fireman, and after leaving the fire department, he became an EMT. So naturally, he got some weird stories about ambulance runs he's been on. His stories range from delivering babies to removing Coca-Cola bottles from areas of people's bodies he'd rather not say, and worse, so he swears on his life that that story is true. He said that one day he was at the station hanging out when they got a call to a barn in pretty much the middle of nowhere. It took him and his co-workers about half an hour to get there. Now, my dad is not a very superstitious person, and he's not a big believer in the paranormal or supernatural, but he said that as soon as he stepped out of that ambulance, he felt some presence that was not human. It takes a lot to scare my dad. We both love horror and everything that has to do with it, so we've become practically numb to jump scares and ghosts and stuff. So for him to get creeped out just by stepping onto the property says a lot. He said that he didn't want to go into the barn, but his job required him to. He swung the first aid bag over his shoulder and him and the other EMTs walked into the barn. It was a fairly large barn, larger than a regular horse barn. The whole time my dad was walking in, he experienced an increasingly eerie feeling the further he went in. He says what happened next gave him the chills and made him go cold. He said there was a laugh coming from somewhere in the barn, but not a normal laugh, a demonic, raspy, threatening laugh. He said that the hair on the back of his neck stood up and he froze in place. Him and his friends all looked at each other, stuck to where they were standing. The laugh continued for about 20 seconds, and it paralyzed them. As soon as the laugh stopped, they darted out of that barn, jumping back in the ambulance and leaving. He said that he didn't care if someone was hurt at that point, because he planned on coming home that night. This was about 12 or 13 years ago, and he still to this day has no idea who or what that laugh came from. It gives him the chills every time he tells the story and he doesn't even go into full detail every time he tells it. If anyone has any explanation for what happened that night, it would be greatly appreciated for me and my father. I am from Europe, Lithuania. I am a male, 27 years old, and I came from a smaller city to capital Vilnius some years back. Let's start from the beginning. I came to the capital when I found a good job, so I needed a place to live. I was looking for some rental apartments and I found one. It was in a very, very bad neighborhood. In my house lived a lot of ex-prisoners, drug addicts, and people who were almost homeless. Adding to that, the house was around 200 meters from the place where gypsies are living. All they do is criminal stuff, like robbing and selling drugs. All in all, it was a terrible place to live. So I contacted the number of an apartment owner who was renting it for a long time, and we agreed to meet near the house to look at the place. If I like it, possibly sign the papers. So I met with a guy, walked up to the fourth floor, and stood by the door. I noticed that on my door was a sticker. The sticker means that firefighters had to break in. I asked the owner why that sticker was on the door, and he said, One time when no one was living in that apartment... Neighbors called the police because they were starting to smell something coming from that apartment. So the firefighter broke into the apartment through a window but found nothing. Well, I kind of believed his story, but it was weird. We walked inside and it was just like new. Floor, walls, ceiling, shower, toilets. New. So I liked the place, signed the papers, and I rented this apartment. 
I have to mention that this apartment was extra small. With kitchen sink, fridge, toilet, shower, and a place to live, it had only 11 square meters, or 36 square feet. I had no friends in that city, no girlfriend, so I thought this is a place to start a new life, a new place. But all the time, I felt weird in there, like something was watching me. Always depressed and borderline suicidal. Now fast forward 10 months. I had a girlfriend. My friend from a smaller city came to Vilnius. To find a job, to find a place to live, so I made him an easy start. I moved to my girlfriend's apartment and I let my friend live in my rental apartment. He was broke, so that's all I could do for a friend. Give him a place to live and don't pay for anything. After a week, he told me that something is wrong with that apartment. He was never that depressed guy or anything. He was always fun to be with, always doing things, but he told me in that apartment he was feeling very depressed and even suicidal. Actually, he even tried to end his own life with a belt and radiator, but there was too little space to do that. After that, he tried to avoid that place. He was partying all night or staying somewhere else, but one day he wasn't able to find a girl to stay for the night or to stay in a bar for all night, so he came to that apartment around 1.30. Around 2 a.m. he started smelling an awful smell. He described the smell like a rotting flesh. And suddenly all the apartment became freezing. He was sitting in the dark ready to go to sleep when he noticed a small bubble of light floating in the apartment. He was watching it till it sank into the toilet. After that, he borrowed some money from his friends, rented an apartment for himself, and never went back. I came back from my girlfriend's apartment and was trying to be calm. I'm a pretty heavy sleeper and I like to go to bed at around 2am. I smelled that smell as well, and I felt the cold but I tried not to look anywhere and tried to remain calm. Later I smelled it 4 times a week. Later I stopped renting this place and went to my friend's new rental apartment and we became roomies there. Sometimes I still think about that apartment. I feel really strange about it but I do believe that someone most likely died in there. Now I live in another place where I actually feel good. This happened in the early 90s in a small rural town in the south. My grandmother and a few of her fellow old lady friends, as she called them, had opened a restaurant that served nothing but sandwiches, soup, and small finger foods you might find at a tea party. They rented out an old church that had been through its fair share of owners, including a satanic cult that set the basement on fire years before this, but that's another story. The setup went like this. A kitchen to prepare the food in the side of the building, a few dining rooms, an old library room, and a hallway that led to a big wooden door that had a padlock on it. Nobody ever opened that door, and as kids we figured it didn't lead anywhere at all because it was just never mentioned. It was a towering, radius-top double door that had been painted white like the walls, with paint so thick it formed a film over the space between the doors in the middle. The paint had dried in the crack and stayed that way because nobody had ever opened it. After a few successful years of business, the few old ladies decided to open up a bookstore in the library of the church. They held a few religious books, typical for this town, and then the rest was almost entirely children's books. One day when the restaurant was closed, my aunt was alone stacking books on the shelves in the library. She felt like she was being watched, so she glanced over her shoulder. 
Peering over the door frame to the library was a small boy wearing 18th or 19th century clothing, knickers that stopped at the knee with tall socks and a cap on his head. As soon as he noticed that she saw him, he started and ran down the hall. My aunt chased after him thinking he had broken in or was lost. She says that as soon as she made it out of the room and around the corner, nobody was there. All that was left in front of her was that big door like the kid had somehow slipped behind it. And that's all I've got. We didn't figure out if he had come from anywhere or if we'd ever see him again. So some background on the house. I have no idea if it even matters, but I'm pretty sure this house was built in the late 70s and early 80s by an older German couple who would later die in the house. Then it was owned by some lady who had it foreclosed on, and that's how my dad ended up here. This happened during one summer. My bedroom was on the main floor and my dad and oldest brother with his daughter were on the top floor. You can see every floor of the house from the front, basement, main, and top, and every story has a porch with two giant sliding doors on either side of all the porches. I happened to be on the phone with my mom, like I always do, hanging out on the main floor's porch while I smoked cigarettes and sat in the sun. If you look through one of the sliding glass doors into the house, you can see the living room couch. The couch sits in front of the stairwell that ends on the right of it. The wall under the stairs goes from the right side of the couch to the left side of the couch, where the wall abruptly ends and forms a 90 degree angle into the dining room where the basement door is located. Anyway, I'm outside talking to my mom on the main floor deck that's one story off of the ground from the basement overlooking a small pond. I'm pacing around on the phone like I normally do and I'm listening to my mom and for whatever reason I'm facing towards the glass door into the house when I see my brother coming from down the stairs in a white undershirt like Haynes t-shirt or something. I guess it couldn't have been my brother. I thought it was because the person coming down the stairs was tiny and my brother is super skinny. As I keep looking at the figure coming down the stairs, I notice that it looks like a reflection, like mine looks in the glass. I could sort of see through it. It didn't look like a solid form on the other side of the glass. I turn around and look across the pond, thinking maybe this is reflecting from someone out in front of the house somewhere. But there wasn't anyone outside and the reflection would have been way too far away to be life-sized in front of me. Whomever would have had to have been on the deck behind me to see a reflection of someone life-sized. This was a life-sized person coming down the staircase. I remember being on the phone with my mom and I was like, Mom, I think I'm watching a ghost right now. And it wasn't that I was scared. I was seriously perplexed as to what was going on. I watched the figure come down the staircase, walk in front of the wall into the stairs, but behind the couch. I never saw anything but a torso. I know I saw a white t-shirt, but the head was so faint I kept looking at the shirt thinking, what? Like how it's easier to see solid colors and reflection than it is to see features and details of someone. So it's walking behind the couch and I'm pretty sure my mouth is hanging open because what in God's name is happening? I watched it walk from the stairs to the other side of the couch and the figure just vanished as soon as the wall made that 90 degree angle into the dining room. It disappeared as soon as the wall stopped. Of course as this is going on, I'm pretty still. I guess in like shock. I have no idea. I didn't think about moving other than when I looked across the pond behind me to see if anyone was there. 
I just stood there and watched. Of course, after this is over for a couple of seconds, I tell my mom on the phone what just happened. She laughs it off. Don't blame her. I went inside to find my brother. He was still in bed upstairs fast asleep with his daughter. He never came downstairs in the morning until she woke up. He likes to sleep super late, and, and if she ever woke up at that age, she was at that age where she would scream her lungs out, so I know that they hadn't gotten out of bed yet. I know my dad wasn't home. This was a while ago. I don't really remember where he was. Like, I've had a lot of weird things happen to me, but I am also pretty skeptical. Maybe I've seen shadow people or the like and just thought I was a crazy person. But this is the only time I have legitimately seen a figure and saw it for a somewhat extended amount of time. They were not moving fast. I didn't see it out of the corner of my eye. It had my full attention, maybe a minute or two, while I was looking directly at it. I don't hallucinate people moving around me. Like I said, I've had a lot of weird things happen to me, but I have never directly seen something that would make me question ghosts or another plane of existence. This is probably the only thing that's happened that I can't figure out a plausible explanation for. I don't know. This experience has always hung on to me, and I've never really gotten to share it with anyone half objectively. Either they know it's a ghost, or they know I'm crazy. I'll let you decide. Hey friends, thanks for listening. If you got a story, be sure to submit them to my subreddit, r Let's Read Official and give and receive feedback from the community. And be sure to check out my choose-your-own-path horror game on the iOS and Android app store, and grab early access to all future narrations for just $1 a month on Patreon. Links in the bio. Thanks so much, friends, and I'll see you again soon. Today's video is brought to you by Horror Amino. If you love the horror genre and love social media, then Horror Amino is the perfect place to connect with a man talking. Then he went in to eat. I was just sitting there and was texting with my friends on my phone. Suddenly, I felt uncomfortable. I looked up from my phone, and there it was, approximately four to five meters away. It was a little demon, I think. It was watching my grandma sleeping, and it was on the other side of the terrace. It was blurry to start with, and I didn't know what it was. I quickly took a picture of it with my phone. The first picture was blurred, then I took another picture, and I was scared to death when I saw it. I looked up again, and it was gone. I still have the picture on my phone. It was about half a meter tall, had white fur all over the body, and a tail that looked reptilian without the fur. It had long pointed fingers, a brown head, and instead of feet it had hooves, and its back legs were like the back legs of a goat. I still have nightmares about it. Anything goes, demon. I have an alarming and unusual story. I have always been sensitive to energies and spirits, but I have never experienced anything like what I experienced for the past year and a half. When it started, I thought it was a ghost in my old apartment, 
Things would happen at night while I was sleeping. Things I could not explain. I would feel extremely hot along my entire back, as if I had my back against a fireplace. So hot the feeling would wake me up. I felt static along my arms. The little hairs on my arms would just stand up. I would sometimes wake up to having my feet hanging off the edge of the foot of my bed, as if something had pulled me. I also felt a presence always standing over me on my side of the bed. I say my side because my boyfriend has always slept on the left and me on the right. Then, we moved into another apartment, and for the first few months, everything was normal. I was convinced that the unexplainable things which had happened to me at night were from a ghost who seemed to have stayed at the old apartment. To my surprise, things began to happen again. The same things and more. This ghost had followed me and was getting comfortable. Now I was having nightmares. I was scared to fall asleep due to the unknown. Actually, this ghost was making itself known. It wanted me to know it was there by bumping the bed, waking me up from my sleep, and crawling on the bed. Some of these events happen while in a state of being half asleep and half awake, sometimes fully awake. I constantly felt this thing watching me, and I was afraid. My boyfriend never noticed any of these happenings until the other night I woke him up after this thing bumped the bed. He awoke to console me as usual. I then got out of bed to use the restroom. While I was gone, this thing bumped the bed again, and my boyfriend thought it was me, and when he looked around, there was no one there. This was the only instance in which he had actually witnessed what I had been experiencing. I shared my story to a demonologist who explained that it was not a ghost. This was an incubus or succubus and it was preparing itself for a sexual attack on me. He gave me some advice to visit a priest confessing and bringing home some holy water to sprinkle on my bed. I did as he advised and for a few days I slept well, rosary in hand. Although I continued to feel its presence in my apartment and I would still see the shadow, only it kept its distance from me. After speaking with the priest and this demonologist, it became apparent to me that this demon was also attacking my boyfriend while sleeping. I was more and more convinced that this incubus or succubus was with him and now bothering me, so therefore somewhat jealous of me. When I distanced myself from my boyfriend, it left me alone. Then last night, it came to me and seduced me in my sleep. I feel guilty because in my dream I remember knowing what this was and then giving in to its touch. Could this be the same demon wanting us both or is it now two different demons? And another thing had me stumped is that the whole time I had my rosary in hand and this demon did not care. The Beggar
My name is Valya. I'm an engineer and a very scientific person. I analyze everything and try not to give in to believing in paranormal stories. Although I have always been absurdly fascinated by the stuff, I work in a large city where there is a large population of homeless folk wandering about. They all seem to have their own territories as well, and I can recognize them just because they dwell in the same areas all the time. A few weeks ago, I was walking down my usual street to get my car out of the garage. I was walking along and noticed a homeless man sitting on a bench-like thing outside the garage. I had never seen him before, as he wasn't a regular on this particular block. As I passed, he implored, Please, spare me some change. Anything will help. I was thinking about offering him some change, but then realized that all I had were some larger bills and some change buried in my briefcase somewhere. I kept walking, pretending not to hear the man. I felt a pang of remorse as I passed him, but continued. He continued to beg, and then as I sauntered away from him, he said, Please spare some change. Please, Valya. I immediately turned around, as most people naturally would upon hearing their name, and was met with this homeless man's strange, penetrating stare. I was in utter disbelief that the man knew my name, being that I was not wearing my name tag and had never met him before. There was no logical explanation for it. When I looked back at him, his eyes were black, bottomless and almost hypnotic. His stare was truly unearthly and vexing. It wasn't evil, but it was powerful and I had chills running up and down my spine. I truly felt that I knew this person, or creature, or that he or it knew me very well. He continued to stare at me, and he actually stopped begging as other people passed by, which was unusual, as I kept walking, looking at him out of the corner of my eye. I was so unbelievably frightened and speechless. I have no idea what it was or who it was, and why it called my name and no one else's. I have never seen that man again on the street. <laughs> Aliens and Demon Terror I'm a 32-year-old active-duty U.S. Army soldier. These events all started when I was about 13 years old till present day. I had been living in Shreveport, Louisiana with my mom, dad, and three older brothers at the time. Growing up, we didn't have much money and our house was a small three-bedroom, one in which I shared with my older brother, one bathroom home. All my life I felt as if I was an outcast or somehow different. I hardly fit in with crowds and didn't have many friends. My oldest brother and I shared a bunk bed and I slept on the bottom bunk. On one school night, early morning, 
Our room was dark, with only the light from our bathroom illuminating from the cracked door. Around 3.30 a.m., I woke up. Having a strange feeling overcome my body, the feeling as if somebody was staring at me. I felt completely paralyzed and could not budge or make a sound. Seconds went by and I managed to turn my head to the left just enough to get a glimpse at something I will never forget. There, right in front of my bed, stood five beings, motionless. Four of these creatures resembled the usual alien greys of some sort. They were greyish, with large heads, about four feet tall with long slender bodies and hands. But the fifth creature was the one that stood out the most. He stood about eight feet tall. His eyes were oval-shaped, and even though it was dark in our room, I could still see his eyes pulsating red. It seemed like it was staring right through me. For some reason, I felt as if though he was evil and also their leader. His flesh was also not like the others. It was a brownish color, and his face looked like a hooded skeleton. I don't remember them moving at all, just staring at me and preventing me from moving. They never made a sound. Then all of a sudden, I managed to shout to my mom for help. They quickly disappeared. I looked up to see my brother still sound asleep, then ran to my mom's room to tell her, and as I predicted, she didn't believe me. My next experience is what made me a true believer in the paranormal. My episodes continued on and off throughout my teenage years, no matter where we moved. It was now 1994, and I was around 17 years old. At this stage in my life, it got to the point where I knew my sleep paralysis would happen before it actually occurred, given certain signs. Either I'd feel a vibrating sensation in my chest area, or upon waking up, I wouldn't be able to open my eyes. We had now moved out of that house and into a fairly larger one. All of my brothers had moved out or married, living on their own, except for me. One night around 11 p.m., I was beginning to feel that oh-so-familiar feeling again. But this time it would be far worse than I had ever experienced. The hour was around 11 p.m. My father and I were home. My mom had left for work earlier that evening. I was to be at work at 12 a.m., and had just finished ironing my work uniform. Feeling kind of tired, I decided to take a quick nap, and keep in mind that my bathroom was right outside my bedroom door. As soon as I closed my eyes, I felt those feelings run through my chest and overcome my body. Not yet asleep, I quickly tried to open my eyes and spring back up, but it was too late. I'd been paralyzed and could not move or talk. I did my usual routine, trying to fight it off by chanting the Lord's name, but this time it had no effect. 
I felt helpless. All of a sudden, I started to hear a sound like somebody was talking in some unknown language. I couldn't make out what it was trying to say, but for some strange reason it reminded me of one of those old Space Invader video games by Atari. To make matters worse, it seemed to hate the fact that I chanted the Lord's name. I started to hear a loud buzzing sound, and all of a sudden I felt the most horrific pain I have ever felt in my life. It was like somebody had plunged an electric voltage regulator of some sort directly into my brain, and every time I would attempt to make a sound or move, it would activate the power switch. The pain was intense, almost unbearable. Also, as I said before, I was never asleep, so this wasn't a dream. Eventually, after what seemed like a small eternity, it finally gave in and allowed me to open my eyes just in time to catch a glimpse of a figure. It looked to me like a wrinkly old troll. It was dressed in all black, with long stringy black hair and huge red glowing eyes. I got a strong feeling that it was a female. I watched the shadowy figure hover over my bed for a few seconds and then vanish without a trace. A minute or two passed and I started to regain my composure. It was hard to believe that only ten minutes had passed throughout the entire session. Still shaking, I decided to get dressed for work and get the heck out of that house. As I walked out of the house, I passed my dad watching TV and told him what happened. I always felt that he was the one that always believed me. He asked me if I was okay and I said, Yeah. I guess so. Then I headed off to work. Now here's the part that terrifies me when I think about it. The next morning I arrived home around 4.30am. To my surprise, my dad was wide awake sitting on the couch with the TV off. I asked him why he was up so early staring at the wall. He said, After you left for work, what time did your friend leave? I was speechless for a minute. Then I asked him, What friend are you talking about? I haven't had any company in two weeks. He said, Well, that's odd. Because about two minutes after you left, an older woman with black hair came dashing out of your room into the bathroom and slammed the door. Then he said he had been up all night. Having a clear view of the bathroom from the living room, he said she never did come back out. After this was said, we just stared at each other, baffled with our mouths wide open. Present day, I'm now a deployed soldier serving in Iraq, and my attacks aren't as severe as they were in my teenage years but on occasions, I still feel an evil presence.